0: Source. Hey you like Paz? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these.
1: Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host Pez and you are here for the Cheeky Punch Show. We are looking at round 17. I'm guessing we're going to call it point two. So so I'm not sure because we're breaking this round up into three. We've had two games so far in round 17. We've got three games here on a Saturday. We have put our bets out on Twitter for the North Melbourne versus Frio game because Source and I were just watching a game seven in the NBA between Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors.
0: How good, well hello fans for a start, but how good is game seven in the NBA, whether it be um, your team that you're going for, wins or losers, how good is that, that that atmosphere of a knockout, win or go home, both teams know each other well because they've played each other another six times, I love the matchup, I love game seven, it's a shame AFL is so brutal and we can't sort of simulate something similar.
1: Oh, I know you're big on that with the American sports and wanting to do a series in the in the grand final and thing. I I don't mind the one and done in in footy. You've got to be there and got to do that. So that's an argument for another day. What we are going to do? We're going to get into our bet review. Both our teams, St Kilda and Geelong, have played. Both our teams have lost, and we'll review them. It's, review. it's
0: no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They've kind of lost, but they've won as well. Yeah, Pez, you sort of summed it up in the intro there. Both teams lost, um, but they were, um, well, for some parts, cracking parts of the game. There were some exciting parts in both games. But let's start off with the West Coast St Kilda game. I don't know how you want to talk to it, because for me, from a summary point of view, it was wasted opportunities from St Kilda. But a brave um, West Coast come off with a 15-point victory, overcoming some injuries throughout the game, and hopefully cementing for them a top four spot.
1: Yeah, they, they had a big injury in Jerry McGovern, and when he went off the ground, you thought, you know, St Kilda could have taken advantage. They had a lot of the a lot of opportunity with uh, a lot of ball in their forward half in certain parts of the game, but just couldn't capitalise on the scoreboard, couldn't do anything. Big Max King, one of my favourite players, kicking zero, goals, goals four for the night, uh, didn't help. And Tim Kelly, just every kick, he would hit a target, and every miss kick, he would also hit a target as well, it hit a chest, and uh, Darling was on on site without uh, last week. He didn't kick the goals from the similar spots, but this week uh, he did and West Coast got away with a win by 15 points in the end and uh, probably had a chance still to get top four.
0: Yeah, uh, Tim Kelly, you mentioned absolute brilliant. He was included, you know, he had 29 uh, disposals, kicked a goal, um, and not only when he got those possessions, when he got that goal, at pivotal times, he got an absolute gem, silver platter football in the last quarter, broke through three or four, uh, I guess, sort of attempted tackles because he made them look like witches hats and kicked a goal from about 45 out. He knew the moment he hit his boot. And as you said, when your missed kicks are hitting targets, (laughs) you're in for a rough night. And it's the form that Tim Kelly, um, you know, made him such a headhunted recruit for West Coast. And it's good that he's finally starting to really have some consistent form after, you know, a rough uh, sort of in and out sort of month.
1: Yeah, that's it. And um, he has hit his form and hit his straps when they went back to West Coast there. So uh, he's been, he's their most important player there. Uh, I think Nick Natnui got a bit of a bath in the first three quarters and did a, a, only a couple of things for the game. But uh, I, I feel like commentators overhype him a lot, which doesn't bode well for him. But um, they overhype Nick Nui. I love watching Nick Nui in the, in the taps and things like that. He does need to do more around the ground. And I think Paddy Ryder gave him a bit of a lesson. So he'll be yeah, i think he is one of the best ruckmen in the competition but he, he's still got a little bit of growing to do
0: yeah most definitely it's definitely a complaint of mine pez you'll know it's a pet sort of hate and it's not that he's an underrated player i just think that he's overpopulized in, in the smaller things that he does and and you know the ruckman when they come up against him don't don't get the same accolades when they do beat him you know with their body strength or they do get a good tap or or even their second efforts around the ground but uh, i agree that patty Ryder did sort of touch him up for most of that game but uh, the, the, the couple of touches and the impact that he does have during big moments and during big games is why you'd have him on your list and why he's one of the Premier Ruckmen in the league. And I can understand why the, the media do hype him up for every little thing he does. But, yeah, right, <laughs> uh, he did the right thing at the right time, which uh, definitely impacted on um, West Coast getting a win.
1: Yeah, so uh, St Kilda couldn't capitalise. They'll have to beat GWS next week uh, to to possibly for a final spot, uh, depending if Melbourne can beat GWS tonight or not. So if Melbourne do beat GWS, it should uh, save St Kilda from not having to beat Melbourne and West Coast in those two games. But my bet was a $50 same-game multi with the special source. I had. Jack Steele to get 20, he got that. Gaff to get 20, he got that. Jones to get 15, he got that. And Brad Hill to get 15, he got 14. So I walk away with the bonus bet.
0: Yeah, I had a $25 same-game leg multi. I missed uh, two of those legs. I had Jack Billings to get 15. He did that. St. Kilda to win, obviously they didn't, as we've discussed. And as you mentioned, Brad Hill, unable to get. if he was unable to get 15, he was definitely unable to get the 20 for me. So uh, walk away with a loss there. No bonus bet for me. Um, we move on to the next game, Pez.
1: That's it. They're Cats versus Richmond. And to three-quarter time, Geelong had 11 points. Wow.
0: Yeah, pairs. wow indeed. Not being able to score early, really um, really disappointing for the Cats considering they had a top four um, spot up for grads. They can basically kiss that goodbye with um, so many other sort of people trying to get into that top four, which is really disappointing in the season they've had. Richmond had really done their homework on this one. Um, they, they clogged up that middle, they ran sort of that you know that flooding zone defence that, that, that we've seen teams do against teams that possess the ball and they, um, they controlled it for, for three quarters of the game and realistically the only reason that Geelong got back into it was the fact that they had to take some risks. They went up the guts and as we saw, high risk, high reward but when it doesn't work, they got scored against quite convincingly.
1: Yeah, that's it. There was a high scoring last quarter there, um, which the first three quarters weren't. And Richmond like that kind of gameplay in big games. They like to keep the score low. They, they like to, uh, Jack Raywell kicked four goals up there. Um, Geelong, you had Tom Hawkins miss a few opportunities, uh, the Coleman medalist for this year as well. But you mentioned the top four, when well, I had a look at the letter and I thought it was Richmond or Geelong. Whoever wins, the other team's not in top four. But having a look at it, West Coast will have to win by... A crap load and geelong will have to lose by a crap load to to lose 22 percent next week so i think your, your cats are going to make the top four mate
0: uh yeah i just actually opened up the ladder then i thought it was the same uh, the, the way that they were pumping it up was saying that uh, top four but i guess it means that we're going to finish uh, fourth but do you know what pez i wouldn't mind finishing fourth coming up against port adelaide as the as week number one but let's get on to that when we get to the final show but um yeah a bit of an overcorrection. i think the the media last night was pumping that up as well as the the winner gets top four
1: I think the reason for that is because Richmond were on 42 points. So if Richmond had have lost and Geelong were favorites, it would have been that thing because um, West Coast obviously would have snuck into the top four, but it's not the same for Geelong because obviously their percentage is so much superior than, than West Coast. So um, yeah, if Geelong win next week, they're in anyway, but they're going to have to do something really special, West Coast, to to get in if they lose.
0: Yeah, well, massive, massive um scoreline for for them to even try and make up. You know, making up eight. What is that? Twelve percent uh, they've got to make up.
1: No, 22%. 22% percent they are going to get. So you can basically yeah.
0: kiss that goodbye. Geelong's it's going to finish fourth. That's fantastic. But let's talk about the, one of the big stories coming from that uh, game last night. Not from Geelong's point of view, but from Richmond. Um, a couple of injuries and a couple of key injuries uh, coming to some of their key pieces. Uh, no, I'm not talking about our favourite, fan favourite, uh, uh, Ivan Soldo, but I am talking about uh, Tom Lynch.
1: Yeah, Tom Lynch, a bit of a hamstring. It, it, it looked quite low. It looked... Um, low impact and things like that. So the commentators were talking about him getting back for the first week of finals, which should be uh, pretty good. But Soldo, that knee injury did not look good and it buckled on him as well. So you never wish any injury against any player. And it was good that the boys got around him at the end after after the rooms because Soldo looked really disappointed because he has, even though he uh, hasn't performed greatly in some games, he really uh, is a part of that. Club and they they love him down there. Yeah,
0: I mean he's easily the the worst football in the league at the moment, but uh, he's consistently getting a game, and that's what happens when you're six foot tall and you know four foot wide, and, and you've got the strength of an ox. And you know, you know, our wishes go out to him and hope he recovers and hopefully he can get back for for the Premiership run this year, but uh, highly doubtful because it didn't look uh, look great at first look.
1: Now, after giving him that stitch up, I'm not sure he. <laughs> Once your well wishes source, anyway, so <laughs> he'll be giving you the forks like so a bit of a, a bit of a fu. But one of the big things in the game is you notice Richmond—they're not the best clearance team—and Geelong actually doubled their clearances. They had 32 clearances to 16, and centre clearances, Geelong really without a ruckman, 10 to two.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was the the game style that Richmond did was they were sort of allowing Geelong almost to get that possession because as soon as they got the clearance and they started moving forward, they had um, protected all those sort of packs. They made little packs around the ground. The the, um, uh, the commentators called it spot fires last night because every time that they kicked to a contest, there was three or four m- Richmond blokes there ready for the for the spill, and that's how they were anchoring their their you know their offense. And um, really really well coached game from Hardwick and um, something that you know we've seen in the last couple of years. Blokes can coach and he, he, as you said, in big games, they run a great effective game style that gets the wins.
1: Yeah, he he did really well. I think the big inclusion of Dylan Grimes, he was everywhere in that first half around the ball. And then when they put um, Dangerfield all the way full forward, Grimes went down there and actually interviewed him. I, I can't remember when it was, about three quarter time or maybe even after the game. And Grimes just said, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't go off Dangerfield. We know how to how dangerous he is, so he had to stay put on him. But if he was on anyone else, he was actually leaving his man to be that second and third person up in those contests. So yeah, really well played.
0: Yeah, really well played. Uh speaking of well played, that's not what you call uh, my bet. I thought Geelong was gonna do this one easy. Not to be, which meant my fifty dollar max bet, uh minus four and a half at the line, did not get up. It means I, mean, I start the round down seventy five pairs, not a great start.
1: No, not, not a great start at all. I actually put one out on Twitter as well. I didn't have one before that, but I put one of my bonus bets out that were actually a bonus bet that I got from the St Kilda game because I was like, yep, just want to put this down and try and enjoy. And I, I tried to go very, very cheeky. I went Geelong 1-39. to I thought they had a good chance to win. I had Tom Hawkins' most goals, which uh, Jack Rewalt got that pretty comfortably, and Tom Hawkins only kicking one goal, two for the night. And I had Cameron Guthrie for most disposals. Now, um, he didn't get it. He was there he was everywhere. He did get a lot and no Richmond player got over 20 disposals, which is really interesting because that's not their game style. But Tom Stewart had uh, 25 disposals playing in the back line then. And Cam Guthrie was second most disposals with 23. So uh, the bonus bet was no good and we'll, I put a red cross next to
0: that. <laughs> a red cross, something that I'm more familiar with than you, Tez, the last month. But, uh, yeah, it's disappointing um, for, <laughs> for when, when your bet doesn't sort of salute like that. But very interesting that Richmond, um, they were the first side since, like, Sydney in 2006 to record a win by that margin with having no players crack the 20 um, 20 disposal mark. So really interesting stat, that one. Um, and it just shows you the, the football and the brand that they want to play and that sort of collective efficacy that it doesn't really matter who's getting the ball, you know, next person up, just get the ball, just get it done.
1: Yeah, that's it. And, uh, well, Richmond, they're probably fat flag favorites now, and... Uh, When they when they can beat Geelong like that Geelong usually do this dominate in that regular season and in the finals They they get out coached and things like that. So interesting to see if Chris Scott can uh, turn that around
0: Yeah, really interesting. It's one of the things that I've been saying this for a couple of years now Piers And you know that I'm not a big fan of Scott But this is the year realistically if they can't they can't make a grand final win or lose it He needs to go because as you said, you can't dominate all year round even through, um, you know, this sort of a season and finish in the top four and then not make a grand final on, on the record that he's had of making top fours.
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, what we, what we do need to do is we need to get into the bet slip. We've had to put the North Melbourne Fremantle game out because we were watching game seven of the NBA finals and the game will start well before this podcast is out. So our bets are out on there, but we still do need to talk about them. Let's get into the bet slip. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small
0: now Betts with an opportunity about 50
1: metres out! I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on on Maxie, do you want, do you want some as well? And I said,
0: Oh, you're right, Pez. We, uh, the game is just about to start. It, there's no chance we're going to finish this show in the minute 15 that it does <laughs> before we can get <laughs> going. But what we can do is we can give you the, the preview for North Melbourne Fremantle. There are no specials this round um, that we haven't already spoken about. We will probably add to those tomorrow because there are some specials involving some of the Sunday games. But let's get into the North Melbourne Fremantle game. Um, it, it's a really interesting matchup this one. Fremantle have been um, sort of impressive over the last month, being able to stay with a lot of sides. They come in favourites of Forty-five. North Melbourne outsiders. Two seventy-five. The line is, I think, slim at ten and a half. That has actually jumped out today. It started the day at uh, eight and a half. Pez, what are you doing with this one?
1: Uh, I, I think we we spoke about Freeman. they were very impressive last week. I, I'm not a big fan of North and Reese Shore and what he's doing down there. So I think Longmire will finish the season off well and get another win here against North Melbourne. Uh, they'll do it slowly. So the one to 39 point margin, I think it'll be about four or five goals to the Dockers. So what I've done is I've had a look at the bit of value. I could get a dollar 77 for one to 39 on 365, a dollar 80 on Sportsbet, but you go to Top Sport and you can get a dollar 85. Like well, no good to our listeners now because the game started, but I did <laughs> post it out to Twitter at Behind the Bound beforehand. So I'll put the max 50 on Fremantle one to 39 at a dollar 85.
0: Yeah, like that bet, Pet. I, I agree. Pez, I agree with what you're saying there, that Fremantle probably will get this done slowly and surely. But uh, what that does mean is that they're going to possess a lot of the ball. North Melbourne are a team that gives up a lot of clearances despite having one of the more dominant Ruckmans in the league. So I'm going with uh, some clearance players as well as contestant players to get some possessions in a th- uh, four-leg same-game multi. Fremantle head-to-head, I think they can get it done. David Money to get 15. Brayshaw to get 20. Caleb Sarong to get 15. Um, and I have a bonus bet from... Uh, a couple of weeks ago from the St Kilda Hawthorne game pairs that are uh, that got void on the day so I've whacked $25 bonus bet on that one at $3.20
1: $3.20 best of luck with that we'll have to uh start watching the game from about uh the 15 minute mark or something but uh so we'll, that's north anyway we don't need to talk about them anymore let's talk about the next game Power versus
0: the Bombers. Yep, so the Power versus Bombers, this one um, is the afternoon time slot, the 5.05 PM, Adelaide Oval, 1st versus 12th. The um, Port Adelaide Power go ov- in as obvious favourites. You can get a $1.12 for the Power to Win versus Essendon. Uh, they come in as outsiders, $6.50. The line is huge in this one. It is 13 and a half. obviously, towards Port Adelaide. Pez, do you sort of dabble with that line being so big?
1: Uh, it was big uh, last week as well, and you dabble with it and uh, was successful in the power. But this Essendon team were very embarrassing last last week. Hopefully they get to Adelaide Oval on time this week and don't have an excuse like that. But we, we get some players back in. You get Joe Danaher back in. You get Andrew Phillips back in to, to come into the ruck. But Heppel is out uh, um, injured. Hook is an interesting um, injury there. And Michael Hurley injured as well. So their defence is really depleted. So you, you think Port Adelaide are going to kick a lot of goals. And what I've done is I've gone to... Uh, Neds, and I've had a look at the head-to-head markets for goal scorers. And my man, Kane Farrell, who's a really good kick, but kicks a lot of behinds. Uh, I think he can kick more goals than Stewart down the other end because Port Adelaide are going to kick a lot more goals than Essendon. You get 250 for that. If it's a tie, you, you lose. But I've, I've just chucked 20 on that to get a little bit of interest into that game.
0: Yeah, I find it really interesting, the line in this one, Pez, because it's the exact same line as last week, playing the team that's sitting 17th versus a team that's sitting about 12th. Like I find that really odd. Um, I like what you said there about Port Adelaide kicking goals and that sort of um, goes into the same sort of bet as what I've done. I think that uh, Robbie Gray has been really successful the last month or so in kicking goals. I'm hoping that he can snag snag one in the game. As well as that, I've multied up with Ollie Wines to get 21.5 disposals. He's been in ripping form as of late. Those two give me odds of $2.80 and I've stacked uh, a small 20 on it, Pez.
1: Oh, well, there you go. You, you'll you take that. And uh, we head into the night game Sauce, and – a very interesting game for the final eight, this one.
0: Yeah, we spoke last week about teams not wanting to be able to to win, to be able to salute themselves into the eight. So the only thing that will probably happen here, knowing both of these teams' performance in the last month, is they'll probably draw the game. So we've got GWS playing Melbourne. GWS are the slight favourites at $1.65. Melbourne Outsiders at two twenty five. dollars uh, The line is six and a half. This game is played at the Gabba 7.40 time slot. should be, a real, should be set up for a real great Saturday night game, Pez.
1: Well, it should be because in this game, whoever wins will be in the eight at the end of the night, all right? So the Bulldogs can overtake them uh, when they play Hawthorne tomorrow, and they probably will if Melbourne win. But if GWS win, um, they should still be above the Bulldogs, even if the Bulldogs beat Hawthorne. So for GWS, this is really big time for them. They they need to win this game against Melbourne. Melbourne also need to win this game to give them a chance, but I think their season is shot. Since they uh, lost to Fremantle last week in that in that game, they've lost uh, two up at Gazelli Stadium to Sydney and Fremantle, who are uh, bottom half of the eight dwellers. So not not good for Melbourne, but Melbourne will want to fight. GWS will have to fight, but do do they fight? They they hardly put in the effort. They don't get the ball inside fifty. They play Jeremy Cameron up on the wing. They, I don't know what to do with that. I'm not I'm not betting on it, Sauce, because the Giants have screwed me over way too many times.
0: Yeah, Pez, it's one of those things where at the start of the week I looked at this game and I'm like, you know what, I'm steering clear of GWS. I'm not going to buy into the hype again. And I get my little research out, I start doing the things and I look through it and I'm like, you know what, GWS should win this. But then again, they should be winning games all year round. And you know what, Pez? They've sucked me in again, Pez. They've sucked me in the Giants and I've gone something a little bit (laughs) cheeky. And the main reason I've gone cheeky is because I, I just the maths in my head and the way that I'm working out this research, it just doesn't add up that they're not performing. So what I've done is I've put a bonus bet on from my multi, same game multi, uh, sorry, not same game multi, the four-leg match um, multi from last week, $10 bonus bet, and I've made it cheeky. I think that the Giants can win this despite what the form has said, despite how many times they've broken my hearts. But I'm going with them to win slightly, one to, 30, 1 to thirty-nine. Lockie Whitfield to keep his um, over possession of the ball um, intact to get twenty-four and a half. Tim Toronto to get twenty and a half. Jacob Hopper to get fifteen. And our man show favorite Nick Haynes to get fifteen. That gives me odds of ten dollars fifty. And as I said, I put the bonus bet on it to return ninety-five.
1: Uh, all your disposals will probably get up, and then Juventus will do something stupid like draw, win by win by ten goals, or I don't know. I don't know what will happen in that game, but I'm steering clear. I'll probably put something on my main man, Lockie Whitfield, though, because that 24-and-a-half line sounds very nice.
0: Yeah, and you know what, Pez, it's not. I would never, ever recommend backing the, the draw, but this is the one week and the one game that I actually be like, you know what, I'd put a couple of bucks on the draw because neither of these teams know how to win, <laughs> neither of them want to win, and both of them have more talent than what they're performing, and... Yeah, go the draw.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's it. So that's that's where our show will end, Source. We've uh we've broken up the, the round into three, split it into three because we've got the Monday game as well. I don't have a multi yet in this round still. Do you have a multi?
0: Uh yeah I do, Pez. Let me just get my multi going and what I've got for this one, uh, I've got Fremantle minus nine and a half, so that game's currently going at the moment. We're eight minutes in, it's still nil-nil, Pez, so I'm looking intact for that one. <laughs> Port Adelaide to win the game and Western Bulldogs to win the game. It's a smaller multi, gives me odds of 283, no um, bonuses, no specials, $10 on the nose to to return 28.30, so hopefully those three leagues can get up and uh, we can finish finish the round with a nice little win.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. Um... We've got to get into the footy. We haven't missed anything yet because there's nine minutes gone and it's still zero all. So, uh, looking good. Uh, north doing north things.
0: What, what do you reckon the over under is for first score, Piers? Now that we're we're doing a live podcast, uh, come on, put your money where your mouth is. It's eight twenty three currently at the moment. Gone in the game.
1: When do you Twelve reckon... minute mark. There'll be a goal, mate. Twelve minute mark. No, I reckon
0: might, I might go a bit later, mate. A little bit later. 20, 20, <laughs> you know, might go into the second quarter. No goals.
1: <laughs> second quarter, no goals. All right, let's get let's get off and watch the footy, mate. I'm Pez. Peace out.
0: I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys. And as always, if you're having a bet, bet responsibly.